I wasn't planning on preaching today. Brother Shane was going to be preaching. But you know what? When I went to praying and studying and asking God what he wanted me to speak about today, he never fails. He shows us exactly what he wants us to do when we just seek him. And I believe I have a word today that's for the church, and I'm excited for what God is going to do. Today we're going to be reading in the book of John, chapter 19, verse 28. And then I'm going to jump down to Luke 24, and starting at verse 1. If you'd stand with me and honor the word of God as we read it. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And just so you know, this is not a long sermon. If you wanted to get out and get up to Ropers before everybody else did, go ahead and text your, your calls in right now and get your reservations ready. It's not going to be long. Amen. John chapter 19, verse 28 said, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Hallelujah. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. He died. Let's jump over to Luke chapter 24, verse number one. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, and it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Hallelujah. But he is not here. But he is risen. Hallelujah. Remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee? Saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. And be crucified. And the third day rise again. Luke 24 and verse number 8. And they remembered his words. Hallelujah. We need to remember his words. This was the plan all along. This is what was going on. They were being reminded of Jesus' own words that he had to die. He was going to be buried. He was going to come out of that tomb. He was going to be dead three days, but he's going to rise again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to preach for just a few minutes with the thought, provision in the Lamb. Provision in the Lamb. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. It's already anointed, God. I ask you, Lord, to touch your servant today that I can speak the words you would have me to speak. Open our eyes and our ears that we can see and hear what you'd have to say to us today. God, I ask you to hide me behind the shadow of the cross, Lord. Let me say the words that you unctioned me to say. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. There's everything that we could ever need in God. Amen? You're going to have to wake up. And if you don't amen me a lot, then it may just be a long sermon. You may have to get on your, your text and start canceling them reservations. So amen me. You'll help me along through this, all right? Everything that we could ever need, we can find in God. Amen? 
Most of the time when we, when we talk about provision, we talk about the abundance of God and blessings in our life. And we all like that. How many else is bothered by this light up here? It's driving me crazy too. I think we're going to afford a $16 bulb, whatever that is up there, and get that thing fixed. Something's going on there. God has everything we need. And when we talk about the abundance and the blessings of God, it always seems to talk about finances. And, I, you know, how many love finances? I do. I like things. I like having things. I don't have a lot of things, but I like having things. See this suit? $20 a belt. I like it. See this tie? It doesn't match, but I'm wearing it because it's Easter. <laughs> Shelly bought it. I don't know how much it was. Provision, though. Provision. Usually we want to talk about money when we talk about provision, but God is our provider in everything and every aspects of our life. We don't need to miss that, that God has everything. It doesn't matter what it is. If you need healing, God's our provider. If you need finances, God is your provider. If you need anything, family healing, you have broken relationships, he's your provider. If you need deliverance, he's your provider. It's all about God. We kind of get, get our minds wrapped around that. Boy, I'm telling you what, we get our minds right. That's half the battle right there. God is all we need. God is everything we need. God is the whole of what we need. And there's nothing we need that God can't provide. And the great thing is the Bible talks to us in the book of Matthew and lets us know this fact. Listen to this, Matthew 6, verse 7. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen, as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. We got people in the churches just praying and praying loud on the street corners and everything else back in the Bible. This is what they're doing. Just so you can look at me, oh, Father, thou God in heaven. And they make a big show of it. And that's all the glory they're going to get from it. God's not hearing that prayer. Let's listen to what he says. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Amen. Man. Man, can you, raise, can you tell I was raised in the 70s? Man, peace. No. I got myself off right there. Before we even ask, he already knows. Now, when you think of something like that, you're thinking like a mind reader. He, he knows it. God knows everything. He knows everything. Get that in your spirit. Don't you wish your wife or your husband knew everything you wanted? I wouldn't have to tell her one time what I wanted for supper, that she had it ready. God touch her right now. Amen. God knows. He knows what we need. Before we ask him, why does he, ask, why does he want us to ask? You know what? I know what my boys need. But still nice to hear him say, Dad, will you get me that? Dad, would you? Dad, would you? He wants to have that relationship with us. If I just give them everything they wanted, they'd be spoiled, Brother Scotty. So their mom doesn't, they are anyway. God help us. Your heavenly father knows your needs before you even ask. He's not like our earthly fathers. Sometimes we don't know the needs of our own children until we see them embarrassing us with a floppy sole on their shoe walking in front of some rich people that we know. Dad, look at this. You're like, oh, my word, how did he get out of the house like that? How did I not know that she was? I speak from experience. That's happened to me, by the way. 
Or maybe they come home from school with a shirt that used to fit them, but now it's a crop top. Or maybe a muscle shirt is just like bulging everywhere. I think they need a new shirt. Father's here. We're, we're not that observant. I, I can admit it. I'm not that, that observant. Maybe the sweats you bought them at one time, now they look like tights on them. That's gross, Shelly said. That is gross. They're growing and we didn't even know it. Our Heavenly Father's not like that. He knows our needs before we ask. We were at my parents' house one day. My dad walked out of his room in a, in a pajama shirt, and it's pale blue. All right? And, and I've seen this shirt all my life, feels like. He walks out in, and I was like, Dad, it's threadbare. I can see your T-shirt underneath it completely. I mean, it's just like see-through. He goes, son, I bought this in 1982. I said, I believe you. I believe you. No explanations. I, I, I believe you. We could see it. But you know what? He needed some new things, and he didn't realize it. My mom didn't realize he needed some new pajamas. But God knows our needs. But God, he's not that way at all. He knows our needs before we ask, before we realize that we're threadbare, before that we're in trouble, before that we're in a valley, before we realize that we're desperate. God already knows. He knows what's coming down the road. That's why we need to walk with him because we don't know what's coming down the road. And he sees farther than we see. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And when we trust and believe in him, oh my, he protects us from ourselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God already knows. I, and I, I put in, I heard Bishop say this the other day. This is so funny. He said, uh, tell the person next to you, you're not that way, are you? But he followed it up with this. This is really funny. I heard he said this. If the person you're sitting with is that way, he said, don't look at them. Just look up at me and wink. And I was like, that is so funny because sometimes we're sitting by that person that never knows what they need. That's right. God knows everything. And most of all, he knows everything about you. There's nothing hidden from the Lord. He knows everything. He knows that secret place in your heart that no one else knows about. Hmm. It's a room in your heart that even you don't like going into. You don't even like discussing. You don't want, definitely don't want anyone else to know about it. God already knows. Pastor doesn't have to know. Associate doesn't have to know. Youth pastor doesn't have to know. No one else has to know, but God already knows. Boy, that used to scare me to death. My dad would preach that, and I was like, he knows everything? God, don't tell everybody everything. God, in all of his infinite wisdom, knew from the foundations of the earth what we would need. 1 Peter 1.19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. That's 1 Peter 1 and 19 and 20. God knew that we would need a Savior. He knew the whole world would need a Savior. The perfect sacrifice, an offering like no other. In the book of Genesis, it reminded me of a story, and I started reading it last night, that God provided for another person in Genesis 22 and 12. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything to him, for now I know that thou fearest God. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, 
thy only son from me. We're talking about Abraham taking Isaac upon a hill. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, hallelujah, meaning the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. God is our provider. And in this situation with Abraham, we see that he needed a lamb. He needed a ram. He needed to make a sacrifice. God told him to take his son. God never intended for Isaac to die. But he wanted to see if he could trust Abraham with everything. And that was his prized position. He'd waited so long for that only son. God put him through a test. Put him through a test, and Abraham was willing to go through with that. Because whether Abraham was killing him or not, Abraham believed God would bring him back, I believe. I believe he thought, you know, if I go through with this, God's going to bring my son back to life. God just wanted to test him and see how far that Abraham really loved him, how far he would go for him. Abraham was between a rock and a hard place, but he chose what was right. Now, I've preached this story before. The long-awaited promise job became a test for Abraham. God had made a promise to Abraham, and him and Sarah would have a child, and we all know the story. Somebody said when Cardin was born that me and Shelly was Abraham and Sarah. We were so old, we was having Cardin. I told him, I said, no, we're just having our own grandkids. God tests Abraham, asks him to take his son Isaac and sacrifice him. But God knew that Abraham was going to need a ram. He knew that he was going to need a sacrifice at that moment. God sent a ram to be caught in the thicket. God provided when there wasn't any other way. God provided. Amen. Years ago, the Lord gave me a song. And as we were driving to Pocahontas, Arkansas to get ready for a service, these are the words of the song that come to me. I'd been asking for this song. Several people had asked me this week for this song, and I didn't have it, didn't have a copy of it. Matter of fact, to be honest with you, I couldn't remember the words to it. How can you write something and not remember it? I've, I've done it. The course of the song says, a band of angels was ready to come to earth. But with one word from Jesus, we wouldn't have a second birth. Fulfilling the Father's will, he climbed up on the hill. Where four men were doomed, one walked away. Two had to be there, but one chose to stay. God knew we needed a savior. Jesus knew that he was the sacrificial lamb and he chose to stay. God knew we needed a savior and Jesus chose to be the sacrificial lamb for you and me. We read the crucifixion story and wonder why all the different things had to happen the way it did. When I was a child, I'd hear these stories and wonder, Jesus, you know, don't kill my Jesus. Don't beat Jesus. Don't stick crowns on thorns on his head it would break my heart but each thing that Jesus walked through was for me and it was for you each thing that happened that week was for me and you there's not a drop of ink that was wasted in telling this story every letter and every line every verse are imperative to the story of Jesus and the cross of Calvary that was recorded in our Bibles I know some may think that this is a sermon for a Good Friday crowd, talking about Jesus' death. But you know what? It all goes together. 
We had to have a Savior. We had to have a sacrifice. He had to be buried. He had to be resurrected. He had to be resurrected for us to have salvation. Hallelujah. I want you to see that without the death and the burial, there would not have been a resurrection Sunday. The death of Jesus on the cross is vital to everything we do. Without God's love for all of humanity, we would be lost and condemned to a devil's hell. But God provided a lamb. He just wasn't any lamb. He was the son of God. Amen. John 1 and 29 said the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him. We're talking about John the Baptist. He sees Jesus coming at him. And he said, behold, the lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Verse 35, again, the next day John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. We've got to get our eyes on the Lamb of God and recognize who he is. We've got to recognize what he's done for us. Hallelujah. When John said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, it is referring to him as the perfect and ultimate sacrifice for sin, John the Baptist recognized who he was. And that lamb took my place and every other human being's place. My sin and your sin required the blood sacrifice. We needed a redeemer and God met our need. There is provision in the lamb. There is provision in the lamb. It seems like I've read this scripture over and over the whole year. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. God wants us to have that eternal life. That's why there's a cross, to pay for our sin debt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of God's great love for you and I, we can be free from the sin of this world. God loved us so much that he gave his only son, Jesus. To come and die for our sins. Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to give up everything to be like us. Wow. A king leaving his throne. This is God. This is God. Jesus is God coming down, putting on human flesh, walking among us. That's how much he loves us. He was willing to be born in a barn. He was willing to take on human uh, frailties. He was willing to take on human suffering. He was willing to take on human pain. He was willing to come knowing that his end was going to be the cross. Some people like to say, how can a loving God send people to hell? It's a simple answer. He doesn't send anyone to hell. We send ourselves. He's did everything he can do. He's not going back to a cross to repay for your sins. It's already been done. Hallelujah. He's done everything, given up everything, so we wouldn't have to go to hell. Not only did Jesus bring God's grace, but he brought the fullness of God's grace. Hallelujah. The fullness of God's grace. In Jesus, we receive the completeness, the wholeness, the full measure of the unmerited favor we call amazing grace. Hallelujah. We cannot earn it. We'll never deserve it. We cannot be good enough. We cannot be kind enough. All we can do is receive it. Hallelujah. Do you know... That's an awesome thing to even say. We can't do anything to deserve God's grace, his favor, his love. All we have to do is receive it. Do you receive his love today? Amen. Amen. Shelly, if you would come back, I told you it wasn't going to be long. We're 13 minutes till 12, and I'm wrapping it up. Hallelujah. In closing, I want to talk for a few minutes about the resurrection. 
This is Resurrection Sunday. The resurrection of all the saints hinges completely on the resurrection of Christ. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, we would not have any hope. There would not be any hope for any of us. There would be no rapture. There would be no resurrection for anyone. Somebody said, well, you got to die something. You're going to die one day. You're going to die. They talk about the death. Go on and on about the death. But you know what? There's a blessed hope. There's a blessed hope of Christ returning. And when he does, you know what? We're going to come up out of that grave. Our spirit's already going to be gone. But you know what? There's going to be a rapture of the church, a resurrection of the dead. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15 and 17 said, and, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Wow. Do we believe the word of God? It's still the truth. It's still God's word. I used to do this in youth all the time. I said, do we still believe the book? Whether we like it or not, whether it hurts us or not, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. You say, Pastor Drew, how can I read it? It hurts. Sometimes I read things in here I don't like. It convicts me, Sister Alma. It straightens me out. I didn't even need Shelly for it. God will do it. I'm going to kick that away. Don't anybody touch that. Wow. Because Christ lives. Because Christ lives, there's provision in the Lamb. Sins are forgiven and cleansed only by and through what Christ did at the cross and the, re and the resurrection. And our faith in that finished work. Because Christ lives, because Christ was raised from the dead, I can live. I can have eternal life. All because of the resurrection of Jesus. God provided the sacrificial lamb and the lamb of God provides us life. Hallelujah. Today is not about springtime or a chance to dress up in your favorite clothes you bought at Belk or Kohl's or Walmart or the thrift store. Took Shelly to Florida. Had a little money in my pocket. I thought I'd buy her something. And she's seen every thrift store. Oh, I want to go in there. I was like, why? Do you want to put on somebody else's dirty clothes? I got a hamper full at home. You can wear mine. But today is not about springtime, the chance to dress up. For some people, for some people, this is one of two Sundays they're going to be in church this year. That's not what this is about today. Mother's Day's around the corner, so you can get that second one in. Jesus is what this day's all about. Guess what? He got up. He got up. He got up. Does that excite anyone that he got up? He got up. Hallelujah. Today is not about Easter eggs. All the Easter eggs we can hide and let the children find. It's not about the Cadbury bunny, which I love his chocolate caramel bunny eggs. I don't know how he does it, but God bless him. He's got a problem, identity crisis. He's always clucking on his commercials. I didn't even know rabbits laid eggs, so there you go. It's not about that, though. It's not even about the prize you might win if you pack a pew. It's about the lamb. It's about the lamb. There's provision in the lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God. He is the one that took the, <laughs> he took my pain. He took the pain that me and you deserve to be taking. He paid the debt I couldn't pay. Jesus paid it all. 
When Jesus said it is finished, it meant paid in full. Hallelujah. Paid in full. It is finished means paid in full. How many loves paying off a debt you've had for a long time? And they put on that stamp and paid in full. I am so tired of paying on that payment. $20 a month on that $1,000 credit card. I'll never pay it off. Thank God for stimulus checks. Stamp it. Paid in full. Cut that card up. The price for our redemption has been paid in full because there's provision in the Lamb. The price for our salvation has been paid in full because there's provision in the Lamb. The price for our healing has been paid in full because provision is in the Lamb. The price of our happiness has been paid in full because provision in the Lamb. The price of our peace Hallelujah. For a year of COVID fear, the peace has been paid in full provision in the Lamb. The price of the sound mind is paid in full with provision in the Lamb. The price of our deliverance has been paid in full because the the provision, the provision He provided for us in the Lamb. The price of everything we'll ever need has been paid in full because there's provision in the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1. Or excuse me, 1 Corinthians 15, 54 says, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't even have to worry about death, praise the Lord, because He is resurrected. Amen? If you're under the sound of my voice here today, I want to tell you about something special. His name is Jesus. Would you stand with me right now? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Can I tell you today, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're here in the tabernacle, I want you to understand that God loves you. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. Because the preacher's wearing a tie, wearing a jacket. It has nothing to do with that. It's about the relationship. He loves me in spite of myself. How many can say that honestly? All the stupid things I've done. All the stupid things I've done. Should have been dead. I kept doing things against God. And He loved me anyway. It blows our mind. We don't know people like that. But God is like that. He loves us in spite of ourselves. Jesus died for us. He paid the sin debt that each one of us had. Salvation is free. Guess what? But you have to decide to accept His love. His mercy, His grace in your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you a question. It's a yes or no question. I have boys, I understand. I had to make them yes and no questions. If you died right now, do you know where you would spend eternity? I want you to know you don't need to put this decision off. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, 
For he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We can't put it off. You're not promised tomorrow. Your life is like a vapor. Last week, I preached a funeral. For a family member, 20-something years old. Our life is but a vapor. We don't know. But we can have that assurance in our heart today that when we breathe our last breath on earth, our next breath will be in heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I ask you, Lord, to touch every, every person that's hearing me right now, Lord. God, your convicting power. I know you're standing at the door knocking right now, Lord. God, you're a gentleman. You're not going to push anybody down. You're not going to make them accept you, Lord. But you'll knock on their heart's door and invite them, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to touch each and every heart here today. Amen. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, there he is bowed, every eye closed. No one's looking around. You say, Pastor Drew, I don't know Jesus. Would you pray for me today? Would you just slip your hand up and slip it right back down? Hallelujah. Yes, bless you. Anyone else? If you died today, you're not sure where you would spend eternity. Lift your hand up and just put it right back down. Father, you've seen the hand that went up, Father. And I ask you, Lord, right now, God, we celebrate. We celebrate, Lord, when somebody comes to you. And God, right now, I ask you, Lord, to touch each individual. Father, I don't know if there's more in this building or not or watching on Facebook, Father. But I know that you know what's going on. And you know their need for a Savior. I ask you to touch their hearts right now. Church, would you repeat this prayer with me? Lord Jesus... I repent of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. I believe that you were born. I believe you were died. You died and were buried. But you were resurrected. That I might have life. Come into my heart today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you believe that today, would you throw up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Start worshiping Jesus right now.